Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we cover the NBA Finals Game 3. The Denver Nuggets take control back in this series. We provide our thoughts and what we think it means for the rest of the series moving forward. That's next here on the His and Hers podcast. All right, Paige. uh, Game 3 just concluded. And a great game it was. Uh, let me see if you had on your bingo card that the biggest story leading up to in the NBA world leading up to the finals was that Zion Williamson uh, got called out by a porn star. Did you have that anywhere on your bingo card? Because <laughs> I, I didn't. That was wild. Yeah, it gave me a blackout. So I was right all across the boards. Wow. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> announces the baby one day and then spends the entire next day getting absolutely land blasted by a porn star. That was listen. Did we not know that Zion was going to make it big in the NBA? Everybody thought it was going to be for his athletic ability, but it's really just for the news like mm-hmm. headlines that he'll create. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was, if you haven't seen any of it, it is pretty funny. There's some hilarious <laughs> tweets out there from the lady. The part that I found hilarious and we'll actually get to the game was the fact that he was planning on moving her down to Louisiana with him. And she's like, what the, the lady in the tweet, uh, this uh, porn star said, you did not think that I'd find out like, what was your plan here? Like, it just seems like, you know, kind of a dumb guy move, but I just thought it was hilarious. I just get on Twitter and it's just nonstop. I kept seeing the stuff and it was making me laugh. So I did not have that, uh, on, you know, I guess it's even funnier following the fact that it's like, oh, he's having a kid. Good for him. That's always an awesome moment. And then the next day, just like, wow, he's actually oh, kind of the, he, that's kind of trash. He actually kind of sucks. <laughs> Dang oh, it. He's going to be a bad dad. I'm just kidding. I don't know about that, but uh, just pretty funny. How social media works. You just never know when you open up Twitter, Instagram, you never know what you'll find in that cesspool. So uh, anyway, back to more important information. The Nuggets take game three, and it was a game that throughout the entire second half, they felt like they were in pretty good control. So I want to read off something crazy. I know that a couple, probably three, four podcasts ago, we were raving about Jokic because he had a great battle. I believe it's either game one or game two against Anthony Davis and the Lakers, finished with 30 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. I remember at that time that it only happened four times in NBA history. And he had owned two of them. The other was uh, Will Chamberlain, if you had ever heard of him. Um, and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, again. Probably probably heard of him, too. He's now done it five times, or three times, owning three of the five times that it has ever been done. What more can you say about Jokic, Page? What did you think of his performance? And really where Denver sits with a 2-1 lead going into the rest of the series? I think my favorite thing about the it all happening is that Jokic getting asked about it. Did you watch the after game interview? I did. It was really funny. <laughs> They're like, what does it feel like to be the first NBA player to do this? And he says, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, he the first one to do it in the finals game. Yeah. I don't really care, I to be really honest. It doesn't that. matter to me. 
Yeah. That's my so, Serbian accent. <laughs> that was really good. Um, I, every time Jokic gets interviewed, it's honestly just one of my favorite things because he'll just make people feel really stupid about the questions that they ask. <laughs> and it's so funny because to other, like when you ask that to other NBA players, they're like, oh man, you know, like, yeah, it feels so good to be able to represent like my hometown or like whatever it is. And then Jokic is like, nah, I don't really care unless it's the team. He also made a really good comment that I thought was really interesting is that we always point to Jokic being like the leader of the team. And the way he talked about Murray was so cool to me where he was like, Murray's the one who leads this team. He was like, Murray is an effective leader. He gets out there and he makes sure that we are in a position to win. And I think that that's like what makes the Nuggets team like so incredibly good is that their star player is so good at what he does from like a passing and a rebounding perspective that like he enables like his supporting players to be at the top of their game. And I just think that's the thing you have to appreciate as you're watching, like just listen to these stats, which are kind of mind blowing when you realize that the, the heat lost by 15 points in this game, they took 12 more threes than the nuggets did. The nuggets shot 41 for 80. The um, Miami heat took 34 made 34 of 92 field goals from a three point range. Nuggets only shot 18, the Heat shot 35. And, but then, so it's like the Heat are like from a, like a shooting perspective, their numbers are almost double, but then you look at the rebounds and the assist and it's flipped. So like for rebounds, the Nuggets had 58 to the Heat's 33. And that is where they lost the game. Like Hmm. Jokic's ability to like rebound, assist, pass that ball, like the rebounds alone. Pass that ball. 25 more rebounds like that's what won them this game and I think that's like the craziest thing to look at this like Nuggets defense and it's what the Heat did well in game two is they made it so that Jokic wasn't able to like assist as much and they were boxing him in underneath the rim and they were getting those rebounds and tonight the Nuggets found a way to get around that defensive positioning that the Heat had come up 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 with in game two so interested to see what Spolstra and the Heat do in game four to kind of counteract that and lessen the number of rebounds again. Yeah, and I think I think Jokic is like that perfect example of any great leader, any great leadership book uh, that you read, which is you set the example of how you feel like your organization should perform, how your team should perform, and then that water runs downhill. So for him, he wants to be humble, he wants to get others involved, and he wants to do the things that aren't necessarily as flashy. Like as much as, as you mentioned, as important rebounds are, you know, they're not as glamorous as hitting the dagger three. And so for him, you know, being a part of the boards, getting guys involved with assists uh, opens up an entire different element of the offense where you got Michael Porter Jr. Who, when he first came in the league, wasn't real excited about ever defending. And you see him putting an effort going over top of screens, trying to contest threes. And then you empower guys who have the skill set to do great things like Jamal Murray, but then also like a Christian Brown who comes off the bench, shoots seven for eight. But it was more than just him scoring the 15 points. It was him doing it in a way that is relentless, right? It's really easy as I think Jeff Van Gundy pointed out, like to stand at the three point line, wait for your shot and see if you can hit it. He tried that bounced off the side of the backboard in his one attempt. And so from there on out, he was slashing, he was cutting, he was driving in, kicking it to Jokic, kicking it to Jamal uh, to give them open looks, just playing basketball the right way, being a spark off the bench. 
And so because the best player on the team, Jokic, is is doing that all the time and only looking to do that, then everyone else feels like, well, if he's doing it, and and I think they reference this on the broadcast that Catavius Caldwell Pope said, look, we're not a one-man team, but we have the one guy, and that's Jokic. And so if he's going to set that example, no one else can feel that they play above that or that they deserve to play any above that. Um, and I, it's just really cool to watch him compete and to play at that level. They're yeah, a fun thing to watch. They really are. They've got a good thing going over there in Denver. I think they've got a good chance of winning this championship. Um, what do you what do you feel like the Heat and Jimmy Butler specifically need to do to be able to even this series before going back to Denver? Because like game four kind of do or die for the Heat. Obviously, they were able to pull out a win over the Nuggets at home, but like it's very difficult to beat the Nuggets in their home. No, I think you're exactly right. I think what it boils down to is the offense felt really stale, like you had mentioned, because it was a lot of isolation basketball. A lot of the shots that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were taking were ones that were pull-up jumpers that were one-on-one type of possessions. And honestly, if you tell me before the game that you're holding the Denver Nuggets to 109, I you you got it you got a chance to win. It's usually the Nuggets are winning a lot of games, at least in the regular season, in the 120s, you know, in the one teens pretty regularly. So holding them to 109, they did their job somewhat defensively, but they just weren't able to be consistent enough on the offensive side. Uh, and if you and you can tell in the shooting numbers, you have Jimmy Butler, who was just a shade under 50%, but Bam Adebayo was 7 for 21. Gabe Vincent was 2 for 10. You know, Max Struess was 1 for 7. And I think it's because a lot of the looks they were getting were really tough, were contested, were just kind of pull-ups. And so your flow on offense has got to be a lot better. And it's not like the Nuggets are world-class defense either. It's just that they rely too much on isolation basketball as opposed to free-flowing, setting picks, a lot more of what they did in the Celtics series. How do you see it? How do you see the Heat uh, being able to take game four, four at home? No, same. I think it goes back to, like, everything that you said, but I, I just, you can't, you have to rebound and you have to score more in the paint. Like the heat were relying too much on the three point line this tonight. And I just think it did them a disservice. Um, the, the nuggets had 60 points in the paint to Miami heats 34. So almost double the amount of points the nuggets were able to convert like within the paint. And I think that that's something that we miss. like the, the heat were being way too like reliant on the three pointer tonight. I think it just shows that they need to move the ball more. They need to be more communicative on offense so that they can hit the open shot and not just try to take an outside shot because they don't know how to get the ball inside. So I think it goes down to rebounding and then just make like more passing on offense so that you can get open looks yeah you know you mentioned they uh put up almost double the three-point attempts that the nuggets attempted they went 11 for 35 which if you look at the games the heat have won in this postseason it, especially you know last series against the celtics team that we all thought probably should have won that series and you look at game two they shoot 50% from the three-point line. This one, they shoot 31, which was right around their season average. And that's what's been so unique about this run by the Bami Heat is that everything that you can usually bank on that, you know, you have 82-game sample size of, like, okay, this is who this team is. Yes, maybe one or two games they'll get hot. But historically, this is in this 82 games, this is what they are. And that is around a 33% uh, three-point shooting team. 
But for the last couple of months, they've done other otherwise. You know, Jimmy Butler's turned into an effective three-point shooter. Obviously, the Gabe Vincent games, um, the Max Struess games. Uh, and then who is, the, who is their guy from uh, for the Boston Marty Space in his name? Caleb Martin. But all those guys haven't performed at that level. And obviously, if they're going to win, they're going to have to need either one of two things, a transcendent performance from Jimmy Butler, like we got in the Bucks series, or one of those undrafted role guys to perform at the level that they did against the Celtics. Because in order to beat a great team, they're not just going to have to have a good game from Butler and Adebayo. They're going to have to have great games from both of them and another punch to come in to put them over the top. Well, and that's the thing, because like they won game two because Bam Adebayo was unstoppable under the rim. He was getting rebounds. He was passing the ball out. He was making it so that Jimmy Butler had open shots within the paint. That was making it possible for their team to function on like a offensive end and keep the Nuggets out of it on the defensive end. And so it's just like Bam and it's the difficult thing for the heat is that because the nuggets don't just have one player that they can kind of capitalize on, they have to perform at a team level at the same level that the nuggets do. And if they're not able to operate as a team, like Jimmy Butler going off for 50 points, isn't even going to be the thing that wins the game for him. Like they have to find that like continuity across the board. What do you, what, if you had a rate at one through 6.3, what chances do you, have of the heat taking game four, six point three being absolute one being the lowest. I think you're at like a five because I still like I've talked about it before. I believe in Eric Spolstra as a coach. I think that they can make some adjustments. This wasn't like a totally abysmal performance where I'm like, there's no hope for them. There's always games where like the shots don't fall. Like there's going to be those, those, those times when they happen. And like Vincent, like he normally is a lot better three point shooter than what we saw tonight. And so I think that there's a really good chance that you see like the heat they're at home, um, they've got that they've got that tenacity in them. They've come back from deep runs before. Like, I think that you, there's a high chance that you see them make adjustments and come out on top in game four. What At I, least for the plot. Like, we got we can't have this series end at game five. That's too boring. It is boring, but I do think I think it'll end in game five. Personally, I look at obviously the, I, this is the series for the heat. You go down three one to the Nuggets team essentially had to beat them two out of three times in Denver. Uh, not very likely. Uh, Jokic and Murray become the first pair of teammates to have triple doubles uh, in the finals. Is that, is that was, is that what the stat was? The first team in NBA five's history to each have 25 points and 10 assists in the same game multiple times. That's just a series stat. And then uh, Jokic 30, 32, 21, 10 Murray, 34, 10 and 10. Now, this was a question I was going to ask you. Do you think – so, uh, Mike Malone has been known to do this. He did it a couple, in the last series with the Lakers for Jokic to get a triple-double off, off a late rebound, and he did today. They were up, and Murray played through the entirety of the game and got the last rebound on Udon- Udonis Haslam's – or it was uh, – I think it was – the Yurtsevin guy tossed up a three and it bricked and he got a rebound to get him the triple double. Yay or nay on coaches leaving players in to chase stats. I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Cause there is an element of like way to be Switzerland on this one. <laughs> I am Switzerland. No, this is my thing is I'm like, I feel like if the player really, really wants it, 
and like that's important to them, then I think as a coach, like you take the win of like letting that player get that thing that they want because then they're going to work harder for you. If the player doesn't care, then like don't put them in that situation, you know? Yeah. Oh, I always just personally imagine like, man, that would really suck if the player got hurt. I know, but you run that risk every single minute of every single game, right? That's what everyone says. So the one thing that I really liked, and again, this is pointed out in the broadcast a number of times, uh, but you saw an increase in both Jokic's and Murray's minutes. Uh, Murray ended up playing 45, again, chasing that rebound. And Jokic uh, played uh, a shade under 45 at 44 minutes. So you're talking all but three or four minutes of the game, which, uh, you know, for Jokic was just the last part of the game when they were up uh, and had the game put away. What I find really impressive about it, it's always a good concept of like, all right, it's a must-have game. I'm playing. I'm going to play every second. I don't think anyone truly understands how fast these guys move move up and down the court. You look at NBA size court; it's bigger than obviously high school and college. And when they get the rebound, they have 24 seconds to go, run all the way down, get in a good offensive set, get a shot off, and then sprint back to get on defense. Like it is constant movement, and these these guys are just in such incredible shape. So for a guy like Jokic who knock on him, you know, early on in his career, he looks kind of like doughy, looks like it, it's a struggle for him out there. And, you know, I think there was some credibility to that early on with with the shape that he was coming in at. You can't say that about him now. The guy is, I mean, he really learned to pace himself, pick his spots early on and not exhaust himself on the offensive side. Because when he's making those passes, they're usually with one hand. It's usually kind of a dump off over the top. Looks like a quarterback out there. And then it always seems like in that later part of the third quarter, he's like, okay, now I'm going to get my shots up. I'm going to get the shots up around the rim, see if I can make some distance going into the fourth quarter. And it's really cool to watch. So, again, not not is it just cool that they played that many minutes, but that they're ready for the moment and they're performing when Michael Mullen says, we're going to rest We're gonna rest on our guys to take us to the finish line here to the NBA championship, which now they're only two games away. Crazy times. Yeah, I mean, it's the dream team that everyone's been talking about, I feel like, since entering the playoffs, right, that they've really built something in Denver that's going to be difficult to beat, and you're seeing the fruition of that um, in these games. I'll tell you what, if you're a Lakers fan, so I'm talking to you, uh, Paige. <laughs> How sad is it that Michael Porter's one for seven and KCP went a one for four, oh for three from three? Those guys, I swear in that Lakers series, if they were open, they were hitting, especially Michael Porter, but he can't buy a bucket. And I also find it hilarious because he just had a quote where he said, Hey, if I see Gabe Vincent on me, it's like a bucket. And he goes one for seven. That's just, yeah, I mean, that's got to be, that's got to be painful. I'm not going to uh, talk about it. Any other thoughts on the finals? No, can't wait for game four. Can't wait for game four. I have a couple things I want to toss at you. Uh, off the top of your head, where does Chris Paul go? Got waved by the Suns today. Who is Chris Paul's team? Clippers. What? He's going back to the Clippers? Yeah, I don't know. That was just my intuition. Just boom. Clippers. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think that at all. That was where weird. Do you, where do you say he's going? What was the last time I did that for you? We got to look that up and see if that ever came true because I threw one at you and it was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I think he's going to go back to the Suns. I saw a tweet that saying that he's in talks. They just wanted to lower salary. I'm not sure. 
be pretty funny. But how funny would be if it would be if he went to the Lakers? I think it's like 13 or so years from when David Stern nixed that trade for him to go from uh, New Orleans to the Lakers with Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard in the crew. So I just think it'd be pretty funny, kind of full yeah. circle. And all of a sudden in L.A. land, you got 20 year 21 LeBron, year 20 Chris Paul. and you're LeBron, just like, LeBron tried the old veteran thing uh, two years ago. It didn't flush out for him. So I doubt you'll see Chris Paul in the Lakers uniform. Can you imagine year. that? I think those two. I think those two would be uh, it'd be like one of those situations where you're like, hey, let's move in together. Like we're best friends. This would be a lot of fun if we lived in the same apartment. And then you realize like that sucked. We hate each other now. I haven't talked to him in two years. Yeah. Yeah. I, those- think that, I, I think that's the equivalent of Chris Paul and LeBron playing on the same basketball team. I think so too. Chris Paul doesn't seem like a very fun guy. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is uh, Josh Allen on the cover of Madden. What did Go you think Joshy. of the news? We love Josh Allen. I've, I, I support Josh Allen in all of his pursuits. I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen, look up the deluxe, deluxe edition. Have you seen the cover art for, for Josh Allen? No. I'm, I'm going to show you on, I have it on my phone. Okay. okay. I want your live reaction to it. I think personally, I, I'm not going to give you my opinion. So I'll, before I'm going to want to spoil it for you. What do you think of that? Okay, Joshy. Cute. Isn't that the hard? I think that's the hardest Madden cover I've ever seen. What is hardest? Like coolest, like toughest. Oh, like, oh yeah. Like that's dope, you know? That is dope. Yeah. I, they robbed Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but I mean, next year. <laughs> next year. After they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. They got to give it to Joshy while everybody in Buffalo still believes he's going to win a championship. Buffalo. That's it. Buffalo. Uh, okay. Well, those are the last two things I had on my mind. Uh, so Chris Paul going to the Clippers and you learned what the word hardest meant in slang. So that's there we good. go. I want, you to use, I want you to use that tomorrow in any of your meetings. Feel free to and report back it. how it goes. Uh, any go. other thoughts? No. Oh, uh, Oh, one thought I was watching okay. good, good morning football this morning and great show. We love that show. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers hasn't been fully practicing, but he did throw some passes for the press. So that's your update from the Jets. That's going to that's gonna flame out. Question. Will you get tired this offseason of hearing about Aaron Rodgers playing for the New York Jets? Uh, yeah. Me, I can't get sick of it. I'm just like, I, every time they're like, he's a Jet, I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah. I Bless. just, I have anxiety, you know, I have anxiety of being the fact that what if Jordan Love is really good? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you're telling me that. It's like another Packers, Aaron Rodgers situation. The Packers would have 50 years of Hall of Fame, 60 years of Hall of I mean, because if they, if he stacks even a half of a career that those guys, it'd be 50 years of the quarter of Green Bay Packers having a really good quarterback play. That would just, you know. I worry about that. I hope he flames out. Not because I don't like the guy. All right. I hope he plays well enough to keep a job for a few years and set up a nice retirement for himself, but never defeat the Vikings. I want him to have a Kirk Cousins level career. I I don't even want him to be that good. I want him to be like a 
That's true. Mm. An Jared Carson Wentz situation. Oh, like really good, and then <laughs> blow your like, knee out, lose like all confidence, good. and develop the yips. <laughs> I'm sure Carson Wentz is happy about his career right now. I mean, he's rich as all get out, but he's 32, and literally six years ago, everyone talked about him as the face of the league. Yeah. He blows his knee out, and I don't know what happened to him, but he's bad. Wild how fast time changes. I mean, it's all mental probably with that guy. Demar Hamlin started practicing. Oh, that's good. I saw a tweet about that. They actually, uh, they said Demar Hamlin died and still returned to practice quicker than Michael Thomas. That made me laugh really hard. Kind of dark, but also pretty <laughs> funny. <is> very dark. <laughs> Too soon, perhaps. Funny. But that's funny. funny. No, talking in the group chat today, uh, watching the finals, and one of my buddies sent in, I uh, wish it was NFL season. And it's always a conundrum for me because I wish it was football season all the time. But Three uh, months away. I realized that today. We're halfway through off season. But here's the problem is I live in Idaho, yeah. and it just got warm, kind of. It's still raining a lot. So – I'm looking down the barrel of like two months of hot weather. And so like, yes, I'm excited for football season. Of course I am. But as soon as football hits, it doesn't take that long to get cold. So it's just like in my mind, I'm like, we're three months away and I'll be back in hoodies and stuff. Like it's, been, it's, been, it's been the longest winter of my life. Yeah, it was pretty bad. We're only 70 degrees and it's June 7th. Yeah, it was bad in Utah and I'm not even as bad as you guys. So, not that anyone cares, but I'm suffering. They, they care. We care. It was, I, I you know, it's like the tw- the text I sent you guys when I took my family out on a walk, and I said, "Oh, we weren't depressed. We were just tired of the winter or something." Like, guys, I'm not depressed anymore. Just... Yeah, good one. Vitamin D. Good old vitamin D. Okay, one last question for you. Okay. If say, uh, say that you had a, you had a sister. I have, have I have three. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to say I have. Okay, going back, go back to. We're going to end on the NBA Finals because we started with the NBA Finals, and it's the only thing actually, happening. We started in sports with Zion. actually live. Oh, well, we did start with Zion, but we're not going to talk about that guy. <laughs> he had his moment. He's the porn owl. star. The porn star gave him all his credit. <laughs> um, okay, of the team, he spit in his mouth. It was aggressive. <laughs> of the players, of the players on the Heat. And the Nuggets, if you had to arrange a marriage for one of your sisters, who who would you set them up with? Well, I think this one's easy. It's it's Nikola Jokic, and the reason why, he wears his wedding ring on his uh, left shoe every game. That's just, that's like, Hall, that's like Hallmark <laughs> movie level type of cheesy, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm honestly, I, I've watched... All three games, and I and I haven't really seen that covered. Maybe they do it in the pregame show. I thought that'd be something that they would really focus in on, you know. Well, not when they've got porn star news. They've got too many exciting things going on. That's true. I need. St- I, I I saw Stephen A. Smith post a link about it. All it said was Zion Williams, Zion Williamson, and porn stars, and it was to his podcast. I'm like, I gotta listen to that. <laughs> That's gonna be good. That just got moved up to first in the queue. It did tomorrow. Uh, who would be yours? If you had to set up one of your gal pals. One of my gal pals? Probably Jimmy B. 
You're just doing it with solid, huh? We just love Jimmy B. <laughs> that was the weirdest exercise I've ever done. I'm not going to lie to you. That was weird. That seems like more of a conversation you have with your. That's not weird. Every single NFL team does that before every season. They ask all the players, who would, who on the team would you not want to date your sister? And then they all call out different oh, players they don't want yeah. to date your sister. Who would they, oh, Nine Williamson. <laughs> He's not even your teammate. Don't care. Nine was That's Tristan right. Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do not date my sister. Yeah, those two guys. They're not that even That dude on cheated team. on Khloe Kardashian. Like, I can't measure up to her. Um, DeAndre Jordan. I'm yeah, just gonna start a, saying names. There you I go. I think I actually think probably. Hey, that's a random guy. Did you know he was on the Nuggets? I didn't tell the finals. I ain't got no idea. They always pop them out. Just random players. Yeah. Well, well that was good. Productive episode yep. of the His and Hers podcast. Thank you for tuning in to our instant reaction of Game Three. On Wednesday, maybe we'll have an NBA champion. They play Friday, and then I think they play Sunday, game five. So maybe by Wednesday, we'll already have our NBA champion, or maybe we'll be previewing a game seven. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.